This is the Chasing Society podcast, and today, one of the most influential sociologists of the last decades will finally make his first appearance. I'm of course talking about Monsieur Pierre Bourdieu. Now, if you happen to be a young aspiring sociologist with an interest in sociological theory, and you want to make a name for yourself, you want to make a strong entrance into the scientific discourse, one way of doing that is to dig up one of the many forgotten sociologists or even obscure philosophers that are not read anymore or have never been read, and to make the case that they are neglected, they are forgotten, but that they are providing some sort of missing link or better understanding of something that is happening today. Now, this has happened a couple of times in recent years, um, in recent decades, I should probably say. Um, one of the more recent examples might be Gabriel Tart. One of the very early examples is Georg Simmel. But then there are, of course, many more. Du Bois has recently had a strong revival. Even Marcel Mauss has made a bit of a comeback recently, and so on and so forth. So this is one way of doing that. Now, if you don't happen to have a forgotten sociologist at hand or a forgotten obscure philosopher, then you can take another route. And that would be to dig up a text or book from one of the more established names and bring it to the forefront, claiming that this book or this text provides a missing link or a better understanding or a better um, comprehensive view of the work of the person in question and so on and so forth. Now, I happen to be an aspiring sociologist with a pronounced interest in theory, but just for this episode, I didn't have a new obscure thinker at hand. So I'm left with option two. And that means that I'm going to present a text from a very established name, in this case, Pierre Bourdieu. And I'm going to argue or hopefully show that this text provides a new interesting perspective on Bourdieu's thinking and also that it may be a text that is worthwhile reading from people that may either not be accustomed to Bourdieu's sociology, who may not have read Bourdieu before and may not be able to start with those very thick, theoretical, complex texts, but with a more hands-on empirical and descriptive work, which carefully introduces his important concept of the habitus and does that in a way that is very intuitive, but also very revealing and shows which role the body plays in his theory. The text in question has the title, The Peasant and His Body. And it was published both as a chapter in Bourdieu's last book, The Bachelor's Ball, as well as in a journal called Ethnography. It centers around a Christmas ball that takes place on the French countryside, more precisely in the region of Béarn. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Um, the region where Bourdieu himself comes from. However, for him, it's not only a return to his home region, it's also a return to his scientific past as an ethnographer. And if you happen to like narratives as much as I do, you could say that Bourdieu, towards the end of his career, comes back to where he started, both methodologically and biographically. 
And on a quick side note, being a fan of the French cinema, this study very much reminds me of a film directed by Claude Chabrol in 1958. It was actually his first film, if I remember correctly. It's called The Beau Serge, The Beautiful Serge. It's the story about a person who returns to the countryside after having lived in the city and being quite successful, I believe, um, in making a career there and finding himself alienated yet somehow urged to help the people and his old friends there. So what Bourdieu does in this book somehow reminds me of this film from 1958, one of the defining films of the French Nouvelle Vague. And on that note, let's jump into the text. The Christmas ball takes place in the back room of a cafe. In the middle of the brightly lit dance floor, a dozen couples are dancing in very relaxed fashion to the latest tunes. Given the sharp separation between masculine society and feminine society, given the disappearance of intermediaries and the loosening of traditional social bonds, the balls that take place periodically in the Bou or in the neighboring villages have become the only socially approved opportunity for meetings between the sexes. As such, they provide a privileged opportunity to observe the root of the tensions and conflicts. These passages from the text describe the setting of the Christmas ball and the setting of the text as such. Bourdieu describes a social world that still has a lot of strictly defined gender role expectations. And the interesting thing, the sociologically interesting thing, is that this world starts to collide with another world, namely the urban world. And this urban world is brought into the scene or brought into the setting by the women, especially by the young women, students. Bourdieu describes them as follows. Everything about their appearance is urban. Some other young women, and even some girls as young as 12, dance among themselves, while young boys chase and jostle one another among the dancing couples. Right after that description, Bourdieu turns to the men, the bachelors, and their appearance and the description that Bourdieu provides could not be more different. He says, Standing at the edge of the dancing area, forming a dark mass, a group of older men look on in silence. As if drawn in by the temptation to join the dance, they move forward, narrowing the space left for the dancers. There they all are, all the bachelors. Married men of their age do not go to balls anymore except once a year for the major village festival, the agricultural fair. And Bourdieu continues, People come here to dance. These men will not be dancing. And they know it. These are evenings for the young people. In other words, those who are not married. They are too old for such occasions. But they are, and know they are, unmarriageable. This is indeed a very dismal description of the countryside bachelors. A group of people too old to be attractive to the younger women, but not only too old, also too rural, not urban enough, very unmarriageable, as Bourdieu says. By the way, a terrible word to pronounce, <laughs> but anyhow. So we are confronted with a world in which there are many bachelors who are a bit older, too old and too rural to find persons who would be attracted to them plain and simple. And this group of people is the group of interest to Bourdieu. It is their body and their body techniques that Bourdieu investigates. 
It starts by looking at their clumsiness when they dance and their attempt to make fun of themselves while at the same time knowing that they cannot dance better as they do. So they essentially make fun trying to exaggerate their movements and they do so under the pretense that they could do better if they wanted, but in reality, they probably can't. So their bodies and their body techniques, which is a term for muscle moves, becomes most apparent, or very apparent at least, in their dancing and subsequently also in their refusal to dance because dancing leads to embarrassment. And that is something that they apparently try to avoid. So much so that in the turn of the evening and as the ball proceeds and as the young people dance more competently, at least, on the dance floor, the bachelors withdraw to the barroom where they drink and eventually sing folk songs. Bourdieu writes that they will sing these songs at the top of their voices, lingering on dissonant chords until their breath fails, while in the dance room behind them the orchestra plays twists and cha-chas. And as the night draws to an end, they will slowly depart in twos and threes for the distant farms. Bourdieu then summarizes, The small country ball is the scene of a real clash of civilizations. Through it, the whole urban world, with its cultural models, its music, its dances, its techniques for the use of the body, bursts into peasant life. The traditional patterns of the festive behavior have been lost or have given way to urban patterns. So this is the brief summary of what the ethnographer Bourdieu describes in this text. And now we can turn to the sociological analysis of the phenomena that Bourdieu is observing there. Since the text is called The Peasant and His Body, it would be quite a surprise if the body wouldn't be in the center of the analysis. And indeed, it is. Remember that Bourdieu is a so-called practice theorist. Now, this is a big field and it has grown bigger and bigger in recent decades. One thing that is very important for practice theorists is that they pay a lot of attention to the body as a site of the social, much more, they would claim, as previous theoreticians have done. So the body is absolutely central for practice theory and thus also for Pierre Bourdieu. With regard to this text, the body features most prominently when it comes to the dancing, especially the dancing of the bachelors and their clumsiness. Bourdieu writes that it is clear to him that the peasant is not in his element at the ball. For just as the dances of the old days were bound up with the whole peasant civilization, so too modern dances are linked to urban civilization. By demanding the adoption of new uses of the body, they demand a veritable change in nature since the bodily habitus is what is experienced as most natural, that upon which conscious action has no grip. Consider dances like the Charleston or the Cha-Cha, in which the two partners face each other and hop in staccato half-steps without ever embracing. Could anything be more alien to the peasant? This is obviously a rhetorical question, and it concludes this passage in which Bourdieu evokes one of his most fundamental and important concepts, the so-called habitus. Now, some of you may already start rolling their eyes in frustration, frustration with Bourdieu's habit of defining the habitus in so many different ways throughout his texts that it is almost impossible to come up with one final definite definition of the term. 
or Dieu defines it always with regard to other concepts that he introduces and uses in the text and analysis that he presents. And therefore, the habitus adapts to the needs of the analysis. It's always a moving target to some extent, but it has a lot of consistency within Bourdieu's theory. It is always the missing link between all the other concepts that are evoked or used by him in the text. So in this concrete case here, the habitus is not really defined by Bourdieu in one clear matter either, but it becomes pretty clear what it means in this context. So in the context of the peasant and his body, the habitus refers, first of all, to what Bourdieu calls the hexis. It's a Greek term that means the bodily appearance of the person. Bourdieu writes that bodily hexis is above all a social signum. This is perhaps particularly true for the peasant. What is called the peasant look is no doubt the irreducible residue that those most open to the modern world, those most dynamic and innovative in their occupational activity, are unable to shake off. And then he also states that in the relations between the sexes, the whole bodily hexis is the primary object of perception both in itself and as a social signum. In other words, the hexis is so deeply inscribed into the body, so unconscious to the person and to the person's own perception, it reveals who you are and where you come from. The peasant will always be visible in your bodily movements or your body techniques, even though you try to shake it off. This is one of the most persistent aspects of your personality, those movements. You can maybe think about it also in terms of dialect, even though this is not what Bourdieu writes here in the study. But generally speaking, accents or dialects are sometimes very difficult to get rid of. And especially when there are formulations that you may not even yourself be able to identify as accent or dialect, they give away the game. In terms of Irving Goffman's theater analysis, they make you lose your mask. They provide entrance to the backstage of who you actually are, even though you try to, to hide it. And this persistence of this social signifier has consequences for everyone, every time, everywhere. And obviously the peasant is no exception. For the peasant, especially the bachelors that Bourdieu is describing, the consequences are, in his view, dire because according to Bourdieu, they manifest the unattractiveness of the peasant, the bachelor peasant that Bourdieu is describing. They are signs of them being unmarriageable, signs of being unattractive, undesirable. Bourdieu writes that the young women who are more open to urban ideals and rendered particularly attentive and sensitive by all their cultural training to gestures and attitudes clothing and a person's whole demeanor, readier to deduce deep personality from external appearance, judge the man according to alien criteria. Judged by this standard, the men are worthless. In the year 2021, Bourdieu's description is not unproblematic. You can tell that he, at least implicitly, shows some sympathy and understanding for the man, and he maybe has a tendency, at least in the way he writes, to victimize them to a certain extent. And I think this is a point of empathy that comes across, which is generally not bad. However, on the opposite side of this attempted empathy for the oppressed and devaluated, 
are phenomena like today's incel culture, a culture consisting of men who consider themselves entitled to women and entitled to sex and who treat women as objects for, for their pleasure that they are deprived of by society. And there is a very thin line to walk here. On the one hand, there is empathy with the people you are investigating and observing and people who are clearly disadvantaged in a new world that they are not accustomed to and approaching them from what Arlie Hochschild would call an empathy bridge is, in my opinion, definitely a worthwhile thing to do. Now, at the same time, empathy bridges can make you blind to the experiences in the broader context, the experiences of one group against the experiences of the other. And when Bourdieu describes this relation between the sexes in this Christmas ball and on the countryside in general, I believe that his sympathy or empathy for the peasant comes from the right place and is something that I personally also know from my own experience. At the same time, it can make him blind to the degree of victimization and the lack of agency that he gives to one group, in that case, the peasant group. So every time you approach a group from the point of view of empathy, and maybe you approach a group that you are yourself a part of or were a part of once, you run the risk of being blind or overly sympathetic with regard to the group that you understand better based on who you are and what your own experiences are. At the same time, it is important to point out that Bourdieu is, of course, aware of the fact that the men are not the victim of the women who judge them, but they are just as much or maybe even mainly victims of A, the urban attitude or increasing urbanization or the expectations of urbanity in modern society. And secondly, and he writes that in the text, the men are, of course, also victims of the masculinity imperatives and the feeling rules that this society upholds, the peasant society, that is. So the looks that they get from the women is in this context then maybe just the most explicit form of a general look that they get from society, especially from an urbanized society, a modernized society, where they don't fit in anymore. It is particularly interesting to see how Bourdieu then turns into a symbolic interactionist almost, at least at certain points of his analysis. For example, he describes that the peasant is led to internalize the image that others form of him, even when it is a simple stereotype. And this sounds very much like Cooley's looking glass self or Mead's description of the forming of the self through the I and the me. And in this context, Bourdieu uses it to describe how the peasant internalizes an image of his body that leads him to assume that his body is an embarrassment. Bourdieu summarizes this relation between the peasant and his body beautifully as he writes, this unhappy consciousness of his body, which leads him in contrast to the town dweller, to break solidarity with it, which inclines him to an introverted attitude, the root of shyness and gaucheness, excludes him from the dance, prevents him from having simple natural attitudes in the presence of the girls. Being embarrassed by his body, he is awkward and clumsy in all the situations that require one to come out of oneself or to put one's body on display. 
And he further writes, shyness and the fear of ridicule are by contrast linked to a fascinated awareness of oneself and one's body, to a consciousness fascinated by its corporeality. This is a great quote, and it, especially the last sentence here is something that I assume all of us have experienced once or twice or a couple of times in their lives themselves, because it describes this feeling of knowing that your, your movements or what, what you're doing, your behavior, or even your dancing is kind of weird. And as soon as you realize that you stick out in a negative way, that you may be uh, the object of ridicule, the awareness of your body and your self-awareness of your entire movement becomes so much more pronounced that it becomes even more awkward. Ridicule, I think we all can agree on that, is one of the most powerful social punishments. And Bourdieu describes a group of people that lives in constant fear of being ridiculed as soon as they enter the presence of culturally more competent people. Cultural competence here is measured by the degree of urbanization. From the peasants' point of view, the progressive, urban, modernized women are a manifestation of his own incompetence and inability to adapt to the modern urban world and lifestyle. Bourdieu demonstrates how the body can indeed be front and center of a sociological analysis, and he does so in a very descriptive and empirical manner. He spares us his usual thick theoretical descriptions of his concepts like habitus or field or others, and he comes straight to the point or introduces them. In this case, it is basically only the habitus that uh, plays a big role in the analysis, but he introduces the habitus in a very descriptive empirical manner. And I think therefore the text is also one that I would recommend to quote-unquote beginners or someone who is not yet familiar with the overall Bourdieuian way of thinking. Especially when you come from a more American theoretical tradition, something rooted more in the pragmatist philosophy, George Herbert Mead, William James, Charles Horton Cooley. If you're already familiar with their way of thinking, then you will find a lot of common ground between them and what Bourdieu is doing in this text. At some point, Bourdieu even speaks of the duality of the frames of reference, which sounds very much like Goffman's frame analysis. So clearly Bourdieu isn't afraid to go there even in terms of terminology. Lastly, I would also like to add a more personal reflection on this text, because aside from its sociological and theoretical contribution and the very interesting analysis of the body and the inclusion of the body as a site of the social by means of habitus. Aside from all of this, this text is very important in my opinion because it adds an experience to the sociological literature that still in the year 2021 in which this podcast is recorded is lacking. It's the experience of the peasant. Sociology has from the get-go been a scientific endeavor that always favored the urban experience. Now it also favored other experiences as well, like the male experience, the white experience, and so on and so forth. But the urban experience and the lack of the non-urban experience is something that is still underappreciated. I've personally grown up on the countryside, 
And I experienced firsthand how sociologists have no clue about this environment, about this social world, about this milieu, if you want to call it like that. It is just not there. There are many other things that aren't there, but this is also one of them. And Bourdieu's text is so important because it is at least one attempt at adding the peasant experience, the rural experience, the experience of the countryside. I think we can learn a lot. We as sociologists can learn a lot from adding the peasant experience, from adding the countryside and what it means to grow up on the countryside, to be socialized on the countryside. We can learn a lot about society and social dynamics when we take this experience more seriously. And I hope that my own sociological work will be a case in point. Thank you for listening. I hear you soon.